Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, we'll discover habits and disciplines that make a difference. You have the power to break the pattern of a bad habit. You have the power to begin new habits in your life that can transform your spiritual destiny. Welcome to the new Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is the president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. This weekend on the program, we're going to be talking about habits to godliness and habits that make a difference. Our message comes from the book of 1 Timothy. If you're just tuning in and you'd like to know more about Mark or this new program, let me invite you to go to our website and explore. You'll find us online at boldstepsweekend.org. Now, here's Mark to talk about sowing and reaping. Here's what I know about habits. I know that whatever habits you have been practicing for a long period of time determine to a large extent who you are today. Let me repeat that. You see, what I know is that whatever habits you have been practicing, whether it's in the physical, whether it's mental or whether it's spiritual, the things that you do on a regular basis or over a long period of time will affect most who you are. And I'm also convinced of this, that all of us can start new habits and break new habits. You see, I know some people that say, I could never stop that habit. I mean, I've tried a whole bunch of times. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you made New New Year's resolutions that you've already broken. Don't raise your hand. Because usually about a month into the new year, we've already broken a few of those New Year's resolutions. But I know that anybody that's motivated enough can break a bad habit. How about it? You have to be, have a motivation that's strong enough to break a bad habit. I read recently of a lady that bought a parrot. And this parrot, unfortunately, had been raised by sailors. It was a talking parrot. And so it just had foul language. I mean, she brought it to her house, and uh, she put it in her living room, and this parrot would just swear. I mean, it would just blankety blank blank all these so she was embarrassed every time people came to her house she put it back in the in the back room because she was just embarrassed about all this swearing and she kept trying to teach this parrot you can't swear don't swear and she just could not have this parrot break that habit so she had an idea she said well I'm gonna do parrot is every time you swear I'm gonna put you in the freezer for 10 minutes So as the story goes, the next time the parrot swore, she took the parrot and she opened up the freezer. She stuck the parrot in there for 10 minutes. And at first he was swearing and swearing and then he went silent. And she was a little worried about the parrot. So she opened up the freezer, took the parrot out. And sure enough, the parrot was just saying, sorry, 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 sorry. And she was just like, it worked. And the parrot looked at her and said, What was the chicken in there for? (laughs) 
Frozen chicken, get it? Sometimes I got to explain this to some of you guys. Come on. And as the story goes, the parrot never swore again because the parrot had high motivation not to swear. You see, what I've discovered is that if we are motivated enough, we can break any habit. My grandfather was a smoker. He was a great guy, went to church, loved God, was a foreman at the steel mills in Indiana, but he smoked, and he was embarrassed about his smoking habit. I remember being a teenager, and we lived at his house for some time, and he never wanted to see us uh, him smoke because he was embarrassed about his smoking habit. And he'd get up in the middle of the night and go to the back porch and smoke, and he would try to avoid us being around when he smoked because he didn't want us to take on his bad habit. And I would talk to him, Grandpa, why do you smoke? It's going to kill you. And he'd say, I know it's bad. I know. I just can't stop. Well, one day after he'd retired, he went to the doctor, and the doctor did a medical examination on him, and the doctor discovered a small uh, lesion on his lung, a spot. And the doctor said to Mr. Job, you need to stop smoking or you could be dead in six months. And something amazing happened. My grandfather, after that visit, immediately stopped smoking. He'd been smoking for 40 years. What was the difference? He was motivated enough to break a binding habit in his life because he was thinking about death. Unfortunately, my grandfather died of lung cancer because he didn't stop soon enough. But here's the thing. I know that whatever habit you have in your life right now, that you have the power. You have the power to break the pattern of a bad habit. And I also know this, that you have the power to begin new habits in your life that can transform your spiritual destiny. So with that in mind, let's read 1 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 6. I'm reading out of the New International Version. And it says, If you point these things out to the brothers, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Verse 7 of 1 Timothy chapter 4. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wise tales. Rather, here it goes, listen to this, write this down, train yourself to be godly. Verse 8, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Here's the phrase that you need to understand. Uh, the Apostle Paul is talking to young Timothy about transforming his life, and he says to him this little phrase that has powerful implications, train yourself unto godliness. Uh, you, you can also find some versions that say, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. The NASB says that. Or another version says, Exercise yourself unto godliness. Now, if you look up that word in the Greek, the word train, you will find that the Greek word for training is gymnasia. And it's the word that we get gymnasium from. Because the idea there 
is that it's a place of exercise. It's a place where you repeat an exercise over and over to get fit. And the same way with physical exercise, if you're going to get in, in shape, you can't just go out and say, well, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to go to the health club or I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out for four hours. So you go work out for four hours, you're drenched in sweat, you're breathing hard, your face is red, and you say, ah, boy, was that a workout. And then in four months from now, I'm going to work out again. Well, you know, some of you have done that, haven't you? And you understand that you will not get in shape by simply doing something one time. You understand that, that if you're going to change uh, your physical state of health, that it requires a schedule of repetition over and over and over. You have to do something on a regular basis, usually several times a week, over a, a significant period of time before you actually see any visible result, results or feel any visible results of your training. That's what training means. It means repetition for the sake of improving something or getting something in shape. And the Apostle Paul is talking to Timothy and he's basically saying that the same way that you do this with your physical body, also the same principles apply to your spirit. That if you're going to change the spiritual fitness of your spirit, then you need to exercise yourself unto godliness. So I want to give you four principles this morning that I believe you need to understand if you're going to begin to develop good habits in your life, the power of a good habit, and change your spiritual fitness. Principle number one, write this down. Unlearning destructive habits is the first step to spiritual transformation. Unlearning. We have to learn new habits and we have to unlearn bad habits. Uh, notice what uh, the Apostle Paul tells Timothy. He says to Timothy in verse 7, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales, but rather train yourself to be godly. Obviously, it seems that Timothy had gotten into the habit of getting in these useless, unproductive conversations that had no basis in Scripture and were actually not helping him out, but were rather pulling him down. He was getting into these myths and old wives' tales and legends and talking, getting in these conversations that really edified nobody. And he had, he had allowed himself to get sucked into that habit and the Apostle Paul is saying, have nothing to do with it. Stop that habit and start a new habit. The habit of training yourself unto godliness. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps Weekend. We'll jump back into the second half of today's message in just a moment. Stay with us. It's said that in order to truly understand a story, you need context. Like meat on a bone, context fleshes out and brings new life to even the oldest and most renowned stories. The story of Jesus is no exception. And that's why Dr. William Marty, a former professor of mine, 
In his book, The World of Jesus, he lays out the finer points of what Jesus' world was like in the first century. Walk deeper into the world that Jesus walked in and gain new insights into the culture and the people of the time. Discover which authorities were in charge and why as you learn more about the religious customs and political dramas of the day. There might be 2,000 years between us, but Marty's book helps us paint a more vivid picture of the world Christ came into. And we'd love for you to request your copy today. This easy-to-read summary on the key players and places in the world of Jesus is yours with a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps Radio. To request the world of Jesus right now, call 866-535-5580 or give online and request the book at boldstepsweekend.org. Now, back into today's message once again. Here's Mark Job. You say, well, how do bad habits develop? Well, I think a bad habit develops the same way that a good habit develops. If you do something enough times over over and over again and you get a reward from it, then it becomes a pattern or a habit in your life and that will shape your character. Never underestimate the power of habits. Have you heard the old adage, the old adage that basically says, sow a thought, reap an action. Uh, Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap character. Sow character, reap a destiny. You see, the habits that you have in your life will ultimately determine your destiny. Now, let's talk for a moment about unlearning a bad habit. How do we unlearn a bad habit? Well, here's how a habit develops in our life. Most habits are triggered by a sense of reward. I do something and it makes me feel good and so I do it again because it made me feel good the first time so I do it again because I've learned that by doing this I feel good and so now I do it often and and now I do it so often that it becomes a part of who I am and if I do it long enough it begins to it begins to mold who I am. For example, uh, let's talk about the habit of eating junk food. Say, oh, Pastor, now you're meddling with us now. Okay, let's just say that you are in the habit right now of eating junk food. I mean, that's high uh, sugar, high calorie, little nutrition food. And you just find yourself attracted to that bag of Doritos and And you just have this pull to the freezer and you throw it open occasionally and just kind of look through the freezer and you're not even hungry, but your body's telling you junk food. So you push the carrots aside and you push the vegetables aside and you reach in the back and you get the cookie dough vanilla ice cream. And you're in this habit of eating junk food, although you know it's bad for you, And although really you're not hungry, but you're in the habit of junk food, and you just say, I don't know why I do it, I just do it. Most of us develop habits because, for example, maybe when you were younger, uh, when you fell down, you scraped your knee, and you were crying a little bit, your mother would say, oh, don't worry, honey, here's an ice cream. (laughs) Thanks, mom. And you would eat your ice cream, and it would make you, what, feel better. 
And so next time you fell or got hurt or are feeling down or had bad grades or were offended by someone, here, honey, here's a lollipop. Here, have a cookie. Here's an Oreo. And so in your mind, you began to develop the habit of any time I feel a little bad, Anytime I feel a little down, anytime I'm hurting inside, what makes me feel better is a little high sucrose, low nutrition food that gives me a little feel-good feeling. And you've done this throughout your life and into high school, and now you're 45 years old, and you don't understand why you have the habit of every time you're a little blue or a little down, a little discouraged, a little nervous, a little upset about anything, you have this natural inclination. In fact, psychologists or counselors call it comfort food. Comfort food. It comforts me. And now you have this habit, like any other habit, you know it's not good for you, you know you don't like it, but you've developed a habit in your life of doing this. Now, when it comes to getting in shape, you understand that before that you can get in shape physically, before you can begin to get your heart rate up and begin to uh, lower your blood pressure and begin to lose some unwanted pounds, that before you learn the habit of exercise, you need to unlearn the habit of comfort food. Are you tracking with me? Just kind of nod, yeah, following with you. In the spiritual realm, it's the same way. Oftentimes, we have learned unhealthy habits when it comes to our spiritual life. And before we can start good spiritual habits, we have to unlearn bad spiritual habits, habits that tear us down. Uh, let me give you another illustration. Uh, let, let's leave food aside, and let's just talk about, uh, let's say you're a married man, and um, you've been married for 12 years, and occasionally in your marriage, you get into spats with your wife, and when you get mad, she says something, you say something, you get mad, she wants to talk, you don't want to talk about it anymore, so you kick the dog, you hit the closet, you step on the cat's tail, and you stomp out of the house, because you're mad. And you've gotten this habit that every time you get mad like that, something inside of you is triggered. I mean, you're so angry, she never follows through, she doesn't respect, she doesn't follow your leader, she, she is so stubborn. And there's something that happens that you started to do a few years back, but every time you're like that, super mad, you have this trigger response that you call up that one friend that's always ready for a party. So you're mad, you're upset, you're frustrated, so you call up your friend, and he's always, hey, sure, let's go out, hang out together, let's talk. And so you go, you sit at the bar, he's got the same problems you have. And you sit there, and for the first hour, you talk about how bad women are, and how stubborn they are, and you wish you could reprogram them, and how, you know, they don't listen, and, 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 and one more Bud Light. And after about a dozen Bud Lights have gone down, now you're really, your tongue's loose and you're talking about this and that and he's talking and you're all sharing. Then you go out, you get blasted. You don't want to go back home because now you're half drunk and you don't want your wife to see that. So you stay over at the friend's nice, 
house one other time. In the morning, you feel lousy. You regret the things you've done. You regret the things you say. Uh, A day later, you show up at the house. She's mad. You knock at the door. You talk. You don't really deal with it. But finally, you say, I'm sorry, hon. This was all, you know, well, let's try not to do that again. And you know what? You've just gone through a cycle. And guess what? Three months later, if you do nothing about it, three months later, you're back into the same cycle. So every three months, you have the pattern. You get mad at your wife, you call up your buddy, you go get drunk, you stay overnight, and then you go back and you try to make things up and promise your wife you'll never do it again. But guess what? You do it again and again and again and again and again and again. Why? Because you've developed a nasty habit, a pattern. And it's triggered by the fact that when you get mad, this is what happens. Now, if you're going to grow spiritually, there's habits in your life that you need to unlearn before you learn the new habits. Now, notice the second point I want to give you is not only do you need to unlearn some bad habits, but you also need to, uh, point number two, need to understand that spiritual disciplines are the primary tools that shape our lives and our character. I've already mentioned that it says in verse uh, 7 of chapter 4, train yourself unto godliness. Now I want to talk to you uh, for a second about spiritual discipline. Because we live in a society where we want change, but we don't want process. Uh, We want transformation, but we don't want sweat. Uh, We want to... Be different, but we want it now, and we want it easy. We don't want to learn a habit. We want to be zapped by God. Oh, God, change me. And God says, I want to get you into these habits. I don't want a habit. I just want the lightning bolt from heaven to come and change me. Zap me now, Lord. And sometimes God touches us in a powerful, powerful way. But let me tell you, most often we're transformed by habits that take discipline and are difficult in our life. In fact, that's what Paul tells Timothy. He tells Timothy, hey, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. As you begin to put into practice spiritual disciplines, it will actually begin to alter your character. And if you don't put them into practice, then it won't alter your character. Uh, let, me, let me explain it this way. I, I believe that whatever you do over a long period of time, repeated times, eventually will have a long-term effect on your life. In fact, let me say this. Tell me what your spiritual habits are. Tell me how long you've been practicing them and it will give me an insight into your godliness. Well, that's a little scary. It's tough, isn't it, to get up in the morning and say, okay, how, how often do you actually get into the Word and meditate on the Word, have a little daily devotions in the morning, read a, read a little verse, meditate on it, and you say, well, Pastor Mark, you don't understand. I get up at 5.30 in the morning to go to work, and in the morning, I'm a bear. I mean, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to talk to God. I don't want to talk to my wife. I don't want to talk to my neighbor. I mean, I don't get up. I roll out of bed. 
after hitting the snooze three times. You understand that what should be governing your life is not the way you feel. What should govern your life is what you know is right to do regardless of how you feel. Listen, you're never a hypocrite when you do what's right even though you don't feel like doing it. That's not called hypocrisy, that's called maturity. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and this is our newest program, Bold Steps Weekend. You can find us right here on your local radio station and also online 24-7. You can even listen to the weekend program and our sister daily program through your smart speakers at home or in the office. To learn what's available wherever you are, just go to boldstepsweekend.org. As a listener-supported ministry, Bold Steps Weekend relies on the voluntary donations of friends like you who share our vision You can give a one-time gift or sign up to be a Bold Steps partner when you commit to giving a monthly donation of any amount. For either opportunity, just click Donate on our website at boldstepsweekend.org. And then when you give a gift of any amount today, we'll say thanks by sending you the book Mark mentioned earlier in the program. It's called The World of Jesus, Making Sense of the People and Places in Jesus' Day. And you can request it by calling 866 535-5580 535-5580 or go online and give when you go to boldstepsweekend.org Also don't forget we'd love to connect with you To find us on social media just log into your Facebook or Instagram account and search for Bold Steps Radio Well that's all the time we have today I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us again next weekend when Mark continues this message He's talking about habits that make a difference and you can learn more when you listen next weekend right here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.